0: What's up, Pharmacy Nation? I'm Pharmacy Joe. Thank you for being a listener of the Elective Rotation, a critical care and hospital pharmacy podcast. This is episode 641. In this episode, I'll discuss how pharmacists can improve their working relationship with physicians and nurses. You can find the show notes for this episode at pharmacyjoe.com slash episode 641. The idea of purposely cultivating relationships with healthcare professionals came up recently when I was training a PGY-1 resident, and I wanted to share this episode from way back in July 2016, episode 106, on improving working relationships with physicians, and I'll add some commentary at the end on how this applies to other healthcare practitioners as well. Shout out to Pharmacy Abigail for inspiring this episode. I've done a lot of listening watching and reflecting on interactions between physicians and non-physicians. It seems, whether consciously or unconsciously, physicians place non-physicians they interact with into one of two categories. Number one, those that help the physician take care of the patient. And number two, those that make it harder for the physician to take care of the patient. Other physicians make it into the first category automatically. They're constantly helping each other take care of patients in the form of consults. Nurses are the physician's eyes and ears and the patient's guardian angels. Nurses automatically get placed into the first category. A pharmacist's job is clearly to help take care of the patient, but it's easy for us to be misconstrued. We need to work hard to avoid being placed in the second category. Take, for example, the simple case of discussing a drug interaction with a physician. One pharmacist may say, I'm calling you because the computer says there's a serious interaction between valproic acid and miropenem. Another pharmacist may say, I'm concerned that the miropenem will decrease serum levels of valproic acid, increasing the chance the patient may have a breakthrough seizure. Based on your progress note, it looks like you're covering Pseudomonas pneumonia. I'd like to switch the miropenem to cefepime to avoid the interaction. While how you phrase a recommendation is important, I have four additional tips that I use to improve my working relationships with physicians. Tip number one is don't be the general that points out the mistakes made after the battle is over. Instead, get in the trench when the battle is being fought. Part of a pharmacist's job is reactionary. We may only find out about a potential issue with a patient's pharmacotherapy regimen after it has been implemented. No matter how we sugarcoat our recommendation, we have to essentially say to the physician, don't do it that way, do it my way instead. If this is all a physician ever hears from us, it's easy for them to place us in the category of people that make it harder for them to take care of the patient. That's why, whenever possible, I like to be side-by-side with the physician as they try to solve the patient's problems, rather than tell them afterwards that I don't agree with what they did. In order to maximize the chance that I am working side-by-side with the physician I do these three things. Number one, I spend as much time as possible on the nursing units, as opposed to in the office or main pharmacy. Number two, whenever I get a phone call from a physician with a question, I usually go to the unit the physician is on and answer the question face to face. And number three, whenever I hear a new patient is coming to the ICU, whether it's from the emergency department or from another unit, I go to where the new patient is and I start my patient workup. Inevitably, I will encounter the physician there and will be able to work side-by-side with them. Physicians that I work with remember and appreciate when I'm side-by-side with them, helping make sure the first order they write for the patient is the best one. Tip number two is do something to make the physician look good. Whenever possible, I like to structure my recommendations and interventions to make the physician look good. Some of our recommendations are basic like add VTE prophylaxis or discontinue metformin since the creatinine is elevated or change levothyroxine from 25 milligrams to 25 micrograms. I try to convey these recommendations privately and off the grid with a sticky note or an informal conversation rather than in a written progress note or publicly on patient care rounds. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting that you don't document necessary pieces of information in the medical record or that you don't document your own interventions, but for basic interventions like I just described, it makes the physician look good when they fix up orders based on your informal recommendations. Tip number three, Do your due diligence before approaching the physician. If you don't have a solid understanding of who the patient is and why they are in the hospital, you run the risk of your recommendations being tone-deaf. Here's an example. A few years ago, I watched as an infection control officer was trying to reduce the use of urinary catheters. They would come to ICU rounds where the patient case would be presented as a 55-year-old female with septic shock, multiple vasopressors being titrated, oliguria, elevated lactate, and a low CVP. Then the infection control officer would ask, can the Foley come out? Clearly, the patient's urine output needed Hourly measurement to assess the degree of shock and whether current therapy was being successful. But the tone-deaf robotic request for the Foley to come out, regardless of what was going on with the patient, hindered the infection control officer's ability to reduce inappropriate Foley catheter use in other patients. When the infection control officer changed their approach— to more carefully examining exactly what was going on with each patient and what the folio was being used for, they were able to become much more effective in reducing unnecessary foley use. For pharmacists, I think doing your due diligence means at a minimum to have reviewed a patient's H&P, problem list, most recent progress notes, and current labs and medications prior to approaching a physician with a recommendation. When I review these items first, I find my recommendations are better and I'm better able to explain them if asked to. And finally, tip number four is to have follow-up conversations with physicians about patients you cared for together to build relationships. A quick, easy way to build positive working relationships with physicians is to have follow-up conversations with them about patients that you cared for together. This is something that I do the first few times I interact with a physician. It only takes a few seconds. Here are a few examples. Mr. Smith's pain seems under control today after we added extended-release morphine. Or, Mrs. Jones's kidney function improved. It looks like I didn't need to adjust the levofloxacin dose after all. Let's change it back to the original order. Or, I'm glad you sent Mrs. Smith to the ICU. When they laid her flat to place the central line, she developed respiratory distress and needed to be intubated. When you have brief follow-up conversations like these with physicians, it demonstrates that you are generally concerned about the patients that you cared for together. Hey, this is 2021 Pharmacy Joe again with some things to add about how to cultivate relationships with nurses as well. Tip number four applies to nurses the same way it does to physicians, but I'll add tip number five specifically for nurses, do something to make their life easier. This can be so simple and practically effortless, but it does go a long way. Here are some specific examples. When you hand over an IV medication to a nurse that's in the room next to a patient Also hand them a syringe, swab, and saline flush so that they can administer it. When you bring them a new infusion, spike the bag, prime, and label the tubing. Maybe even make sure that there is an IV pump in the room to run the infusion. And when you see that a patient has multiple infusions running with more being ordered, run an IV compatibility report and hand that to the nurse so that they can figure out exactly where they're going to fit that IV. From the time of this recording until 10 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, September 9th, you can get a special recurring quarterly membership of three months for the price of two for the Hospital Pharmacy Academy. The Hospital Pharmacy Academy is my online membership site that teaches pharmacists practical, critical care, and hospital pharmacy skills you can apply at the bedside so that you can become confident in your ability to save lives and improve patient outcomes. To get immediate access, go to pharmacyjoe.com slash quarterly. Current monthly members of the Hospital Pharmacy Academy can also access this discount by going to their member profile page at PharmacyJoe.com slash profile. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you in the next episode of the Elective Rotation.